This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Jim, we got some corn news here. I know this is Ooh. close to your heart. Okay. Being from Mitchell, Ontario, the home of Mitchell Corn Fest. I love corn. Mmm, corn. I hope you really have a corn-tastic day. It's corn! It's awesome! You know those uh, roadside stands, and I'm sure in your neck of the woods, uh, up near where your parents live, you see these everywhere, the, the little shack by the side of the road. Sure, rural Ontario staple. You see the corn just sitting there. There's no person in sight, a little box. The honor system. The honor system. Leave some money, take some corn. It's a simple transaction, mm-hmm. right? Well, a woman in Indiana is accused of taking $2,000 out of a corn stand box over the span of several weeks. Damn, I gotta be selling more corn myself. $2,000? I did that a bit when I was a kid. Maybe made $60 over a summer. $2,000? <laughs> I guess they should have been uh, checking the box more often. <laughs> yeah. to get the cash out of there. Or like the bottom of the box should go into like a plywood box that's uh, attached to something. She would, uh, she'd reach into the box like she was making change, walk off with a uh. wad of money. She kept going back. She was there about 18 times over uh, a couple months. So she didn't steal $2,000 at once, but still, it was her little, you know, little bonus every week. She'd grab some cash and stuff it in her pocket. Hmm. Grab some corn as well. So, yeah, she took not only the money, but also the corn. Family that owns a stand started counting the cobs. They said, hold on a second. Something's not adding up. Hmm. Someone's not paying for corn or someone's taking money. All the kids were accused of theft. You know what I mean? In a family on the farm, (laughs) every kid was accused of stealing that money. (laughs) They were doing triple chores all summer. One of you was going to break. Who was it? You're all getting punished until whoever stole the money steps up. Well, it was a 67-year-old woman named Teresa. She, uh, She denied it. She pretended to have dementia, said she couldn't drive. Classic. However, the security camera that the family put up has footage of her driving to the corn stand and stealing <laughs> the money. Once she saw the videos, she admitted to everything. She's facing 18 counts of felony theft. That's I, I know the punishment. We should fill her with uh, corn kernels. Start heating up the room. That's the only fitting punishment. <laughs> it's the Stonely Crop Championships. Yes, it's that time of year. Stonely Crop, baby. You could win one of the most notorious gardening trophies on the planet. I can't name a bigger one. <laughs> You try, Taz. I got it right here. I am shocked, Jim, that you actually went back and retrieved the trophy from last year's winter. Didn't they live a bit of a drive away? No, they just lived on the east end of the city. Okay. But the year before, the guy lived like in Forest, Ontario, near uh, near Sarnia. So this is our third annual. This is the third Stonely Crop? Yes. Boy, time flies by when you're high AF. <laughs> it both crawls and flies. <laughs> but yeah, we got it here. I had to get it back. This I made this. You know, this is legit. It's like a right. giant hookah, basically, that looks like the Stanley Cup. It's silver. It's a thing of freaking beauty. And last year's winner, Zach. Zach Friel had it for about a month 
and he had it displayed on his um what are the mantle. rules here then you get the stonely crop for a month yeah did he not want it anymore Dude, if it stays there any longer, I don't get it back. That's the thing. No, if you win the Stanley Cup, you get it for a day, Taz. Oh, that's true. Like, geez. And what's he really going to do? Like, you get it for a month. He took pictures with his family. I think he put all of his own weed in the top of the bowl here. He he baptized his child in it. He did. He did. He (laughs) took it to Vegas. Lost a lot of money. But uh, we have it back, Spin and if this around, thing could is, still tell stories. Are there, t- any, are there any dents in it? I want to see if he, he dented it at all. Nah, it was it's in pre- pretty good shape. It was previously a, uh, I don't know, like a Roundup thing. Whatever. It, you don't killer. need to go into what you made it out of, because well, now it is the stonely crop. It's the right. trophy that everyone's after. People want it. Yeah. It, it's silver. It's got some green stuff. Um, artificial green stuff. You know, like when you're decorating the house and you put out the the plastic apples and, yeah. and fruit in a bowl? I got it from Lens Mills store. <laughs> That's what we did. It's like a, a green-looking uh, substance, but do not try to smoke what's in the top. <laughs> Harsh buzz. <laughs> of the stonely crop, if you win. So what we're looking for here is... The best plant or the biggest plant in the Taz and Jim listening area? The best plant. Now, sometimes they go hand in hand, big and best. You want a lot of yield, but we're looking for quality plants, not necessarily quantity, but uh, we love the quantity. Uh, We will have a panel of judges, experts who know what they're looking for. If you could give us a photo of the plant, maybe even a close-up of the bud could help your, uh, your odds of winning this competition. So send in those pictures of you and your plant. You've been working hard on them all summer long. Yeah, it's time to get recognized. And we will award the Stonely Crop in the coming weeks here on the show. Ask a lawyer. Ian Snedden is a partner with Cohen Hiley Lawyers. He's also a friend of the Taz and Jim show. He joins us here. Hey, Ian. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm seeing some interesting legal news that uh, I can't wait to talk about. Yeah, so we saw the story, I think it was a week or two ago, but we we held off on it because we wanted to get you involved. We know your specialty is family law, so you've dealt with a lot of drama when it comes to people uh, parting ways, ending relationships. Jim, what's the synopsis of the story here? Basically, there's a woman in Utah. She was married for 25 years. When they originally got married, she did a boudoir style nude photo shoot for her then husband which is more popular now less popular 25 years ago yeah my wife did one for me not nude but uh she's wearing all the different uh, ncaa mascot costumes (laughs) (laughs) a little less than that that? she knows me so well she's just wearing the head Unidentifiable. That might be the tip for everybody. (laughs) Okay. So she did the boudoir photo shoot for her then husband. Yes. They were married 25 years. They get divorced. The husband says, I will not give the boudoir book back because that was a gift for me. They go to court in the divorce court. The judge says, "Uh, you know what? I will give him the photo album. He does get it, but a third party is going to have to edit the majority of the nudity out. And she says, I don't want to give it to another person for another person to see and then manipulate. Just give me the photos back. So as of right now, as it stands, a third party 
will have an opportunity to maybe just edit out the photos, keep the nice words that were in the boudoir photo shoot that went along with it, but they're the gonna, personalized. But they're, they're going to censor the nudity. Maybe the whole, maybe every picture. It doesn't get into details, but it says the the words are the only things that matter. So that's the part he gets to keep. It's it's kind of up in the air right now. Uh, she's not happy with the the ruling, but I have a lot of questions, Ian. First off, is this right. the first you've ever heard of anything like this? Um, of this nature? Yeah, the boudoir. It's, it's unique, definitely, mm-hmm. yeah, boudoir. I've, I've had pictures dealing with sex tapes where there we go. Um, someone, in fact, I did a trial two days dealing with sex tapes, and the wife was arguing that um, she signed a separation agreement because she wouldn't return the sex tapes and that she was forced to do them, but we had about a hundred sex tapes, so it was hard to see her being forced into one hundred of them. Uh, but no, this is definitely new, and uh, th- there isn't a lot of information because Utah is in public. But we've got our we've got our resources. So we had one of our students, uh, Andrea Strathy, who um, actually, Taz, you may know her. Her father is the mayor of Strathroy. St. Mary's. Yeah, yeah. The, the mayor of so, St. Mary's. Al, Al Strathy. Yeah, yeah. St. Mary's. Sorry. So which St. sex Mary's tape was he in? <laughs> Al Strathy as a sex tape? Is that what we're taking? Let's just get these rumors going. <laughs> anyway. She the, looked into this case. She looked into this case. And so there is, um, it, uh, Jim's absolutely right. It'll be a third party that decides whether it can go or, or can't go, which is, obviously very violating to the individual because she doesn't want anybody to see these pictures. Right. Um, So, but if something is given as a gift, like let's go to the engagement ring, for example, Okay. if a husband said, and I'm sure you've seen this one before, a husband says, I want the engagement ring back or I want the wedding ring back when they break up. How does that one usually go? Well, the, the law on that is very, um, very old, but with wedding, with engagement rings, anyway, the law was that it depended on who broke up the relationship. So the engagement ring is a promise to get married, and then whoever it was decided not to get married, um, they lose the the engagement ring. Okay, but but that's something like this that's a, such a personal nature is uh, is un, you know unprecedented, really. I think I think we all can all agree morally this guy's a dirtbag for wanting to keep it. But legally, legally it is interesting because if you didn't want him to have it forever, you never should have taken him in the first place. I don't mean to sound like old man Jim, but if you get a tattoo with your lover's name on it, you know that you could break up and that tattoo is going to be haunting you. Yeah, but this guy sounds like a petty jerk, no? Why does he want to keep the photos? Because they're his, legally. So, when you know, just like why would you want to keep your husband's video game collection or whatever in a, in a divorce, yeah, you know? Petty. Exactly. <laughs> but legally, they get it. Yeah, why would my wife keep all my pinball machines? Yeah, because she can. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim Podcast. What did you get up to last night, Jim? Played some indoor soccer, starting the season up, so we had an exhibition game last night. What's the name of your team now? Three Lions United. Shout out. T-L-U-N. What, what? Three Lions United. Mm-hmm. English? British? 
Uh, yeah, I think that's a reference to Manchester United symbol that has three lines on it. Okay, if I'm not mistaken. I don't. I don't know how long this team's been going on for. I have no idea. Our team captain slash coach is Manny. Shout out to Manny. So I don't know. I've only been on the team for a year, but it's been around for a while. And how did you get involved in this team? Uh, well, I was on it last winter too. This was my second year. Uh, technically i don't know i just knew a guy i was golfing with a guy who i knew from back in the day and we were talking soccer i said i haven't played in a while and he said we need a goalie i said i'm in any of these guys uh you consider them friends are you socializing with them outside (laughs) of soccer um not i consider them friends but we're not really hanging out too much after soccer after every game we'll have beers at the bar but are you calling them on non-soccer days to do stuff together no no Hmm, interesting i do i we keep i keep telling one guy we'll have a double date with him and his wife okay all right you're working towards it we almost went out once it's it's, i'm just curious because it's harder to make friends once you're a full-grown adult than it is with kids i watch my son We'll go to the park. He's five years old, and he'll, he'll meet some random other kid there, and they'll be best friends within f- 10 minutes. But you grow up, you're an adult, you know, my son's asking, hey, you remember that kid from the park? Can we have a play date next week? You grow up, you're an adult, you're on a soccer team with a bunch of guys. You don't even hang out socially outside of that. That is the play date. The soccer, it, what do I need to, what do we got to go to the movies now? We're playing soccer together and drinking a beer after. That's friendship. Mm-hmm. Do you so know where we, any of them live? London. <laughs> in London and area. But do you know where their homes are? In the general vicinity. Okay. Just, I, hey, it's, it's interesting to me as I observe my uh, children. I'm like, boy, you really do lose a lot when you become an adult. But, but you know... The, Life is so much simpler <laughs> when you're five. That child, sure, he may go out on a play date with them, but the, that's a fleeting friendship. They'll be, they'll be friends for six months max if they even get there. If you have one good friend that you make when you're 30, even if you only talk to him once a year, that'll be your good bud. I disagree. When you're young, you throw as much spaghetti at the wall as possible and you see how many strands of spaghetti stick. And uh, when they do stick, they stick for life. <laughs> okay. You, you got to start throwing have, more spaghetti. Do you not have friends from when you were a little kid? I, I still do. Yeah, you, of okay, course. So what yeah. are you talking about? Because well, the kid, kid you those, at the park. Yeah, those, but, those kids who are your friends. But you're but that but you would then your kid would have to have a hundred friends still like a hundred good friends because you make a friend like that afternoon at a baseball park and then you never see them again. That's I, how kids. I are. remember riding my bike around White Hills in London, Ontario, when I was a young boy. Riding my BMX, and I was, saw a kid sitting on his front lawn, and I just stopped my bike, and I said, Hi, uh, do you have an Atari? And he said, Yep. And I said, Oh, cool, so do I. What games do you have? And he told me, and we became friends, and I just saw him at the, uh, the hockey store last week buying skates for his kid, Mike Dobo. Great guy. <laughs> I'd say he's still my friend. Never heard the name before. He can't be that close. <laughs> He better still have that Atari because he's not. This friendship is going nowhere. Hey, you got an Atari? Yeah, me too. Pretty cool, huh? Cool. One of your best friends. <laughs> Did we just become best friends? This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. 
Taz, were you a Barney kid growing up, or were you you, no. you too late? When did Barney... It's like a teenager when Barney came out. Whoa, whoa, I'm not judging. If you want to be a fan of Barney when you're 14, 15... Like Barney 15, the Purple Dinosaur. Barney the Purple Dinosaur. Yeah, that would have been... Uh, that was a 90s phenomenon. I okay. would have been well into my teens. Because I was, but only for like a year or two. I, I, like, I don't have vivid memories of it, but... For sure, when I was like five or six, Barney was a big deal. Okay. And then like around that time, he got a sister, and there was a lady Barney with him, you know? So I remember that kind of stuff going on. Um, but uh, we all remember the famous song, I love you, yeah. you love me. That was the, uh, that was, now it's the baby shark, right? Yeah. That was the 90s version of baby shark, the song that would drive parents absolutely insane. Yeah, but I just like Baby Shark, there's always the parodies, and they'll be like, I love you, you love me, I'll murder your family. This is how like these Barney things, or like the kind of like the uh, the wheel coming off the Batmobile, uh, you know, a Batmobile yeah. lost a wheel and Joker ran away. This is exactly what happened to Barney, and it's the subject of the new documentary, I Love You, You Hate Me. It's all about Barney, subtitle, Death and Dismemberment. It just exploded. It was a cultural phenomenon. This is Barney, and this is what he sounded like. Barney stands for inclusion, acceptance. People couldn't accept that this was just a show, and, and so let the bashing begin. They were violent and explicit. Death and dismemberment of my family. Barney! They were going to come and find me, and they were going to kill me. Just the dark side of this whole moment. There was something larger going on here. I don't think you could ever think somebody would shoot someone. What? So this this isn't like the Winnie the Pooh horror movie that they made where Barney is murdering people? No, God willing, that'll happen a few years from now. But this is actually a, a documentary, not unlike the Bob Ross one that happened recently where it's like the nicest guy, the painter on television, Bob Ross, the dark side. That's how it was advertised. I watched that. Bob Ross was still a hero in that documentary. So, it was people around him that were pulling the shenanigans. So I think this is more about the phenomenon of human nature and why if something goes on television where it's like trying to put out love, why do people hate it so much? You know, why does it bring out the darkness in people? Because this trailer reminded me that when I was a kid, there was a, a rumor going around that the guy inside the Barney costume was a murderer or something. Like these are the playground rumors that started. Like a Gacy situation. Is that who's talking in this thing, saying that they were getting death threats? It's the guy who played Barney? Yes, it is. And and even the creator was a woman, too, and she got death threats. Because any time anything becomes popular, too, people just hate it. Mm. Who created Paw Patrol? <laughs> <laughs> asking some for letters a friend. To asking for a friend. <laughs> I'm not going to threaten anybody with death, but I do have some strong words <laughs> I would like to send to the Paw Patrol people. Peacock. I want to see you. Peacock. 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 You peacock. peacock. You are peacock. You are peacock. You are peacock. Are you brave enough to let me see your peacock? peacock. We are talking sports with Devin Peacock, our sports guy here on the Taz and Jim Show. 
Those sons of guns did it in Toronto. They've got home field advantage for the first series of the playoffs. It's huge. Uh, The Toronto Blue Jays will be starting the playoffs on Friday. They will either be playing the Seattle Mariners or the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, But because of a quirk in the schedule this year, the home team gets all the games. So it's a best of three. So they'll play Friday, Saturday. If they need that third game, they play on Sunday. The winner of this series will then face the Houston Astros and the ALDS. But to have home field obviously is huge, especially if it means you don't have to go all the way out west to Seattle or down to Tampa Bay, where historically the Blue Jays have struggled. Got to be honest. A little bit jealous of all those season ticket holders. It's going to be fun. You know, uh, the other day, some of the Blue Jays players were saying they talked to Jose Bautista, to Edwin Encarnacion, and said, you have not experienced Toronto until you've experienced Toronto in the playoffs. Remember 2015, 2016, all those uh, big hits. I mean, the bat flip was in 2015. The uh, Rogers Center was jumping when that happened. So we could have another addition this year because the last time... Blue Jays were in the playoffs. It was 2020. It was the COVID-shortened season, but they weren't in Toronto. So this is the first time they've been in the playoffs in Toronto in like six years. And just imagine how high that Blue Jays 50-50 draw is going to get with three games at home. <laughs> well, if they if, is obsessed, by the way, if they open I'm up, so, that's another thing I'm jealous about. Somebody I don't know, someone from Kitchener Waterloo who won that jackpot, yeah. Jim. I think all we know is a guy named Rob won 3.8 million dollars this week with a 50-50. Can you go online because they did that a couple years ago? Yeah, yeah you can. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, we're all there then. <laughs> yeah. Robert. (laughs) So we start Friday and then we're Saturday, Sunday. Friday, Saturday for sure. If the Blue Jays don't win those first two, then they would need the third. Now we're assuming they're going to win the series. They will be favored, I think. But it's three games max, but it's a best of three. So if they can do it in two, you don't want to have to rely on that third and deciding game on Sunday. Although it is a long weekend, it would be nice to have something to do on Sunday. (laughs) Yeah, what else are you going to (laughs) do? I want baseball Friday, Saturday. If we have it Sunday, it's a bonus, but they better win. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take Friday, Saturday, and then I'll watch another team play on Sunday. (laughs) Thanks, Dev. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau doing a little bungee jumping this week, Jim. Hmm. I saw this. I'm kind of surprised. I was a little surprised, too. You know that videos and photos uh, from Trudeau's past resurface every once in a while. I thought maybe this was an older video, but no, it was this past week. Prime Minister Trudeau was in Quebec at Canada's tallest bungee jumping platform. And he and his two kids all went bungee jumping. Hmm. Like, I'm surprised you... They'll let him. Like, the rest of the government is going to let our prime minister bungee jump? Like, the risk versus reward. Or is this one of those things where nobody dies of bungee jumping? Like, more people die of cows than they do of venomous snakes kind of thing. Right. Is that More a thing? vending machines kill people every year yeah. than, than bungee jumping does. I don't know. You, you've been skydiving, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but you're I, also not the prime minister of Canada. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's the 
benefit. Like the ultimate like downside is throw the country into chaos. <laughs> the upside is he got a thrill for 30 seconds. Let's watch the video here. This is this is posted by Great Canadian Bungie on their social media here. Looking at the highway. You got this, you're in a good position in five, Deep four, breath. three, two, one. No hesitation. He goes for it. There's another angle. <laughs> it is wild to see someone just fall like that. His head splashes into the water. Did the dip. Did the dip. He bounces back up. It almost looks fake. Like, watching this video, Trudeau almost looks like a dummy. And then he jumps. <laughs> gotcha! Yeah! <laughs> so... Uh, is this irresponsible? I don't know what's more irresponsible, bungee jumping as prime minister or taking your kids who are 14 and 13 to bungee jump. I thought you would have to be older than that. Yeah, I would have figured an 18. Oh, it says 12 here. I would have figured 18 though, but yeah, 12 and you have to weigh at least 90 pounds. And how many people have died bungee jumping? Five since 2015. So not a lot, no. but too many for a prime minister. Like, can't you wait... What is it? Two years till you're out of office? I don't know how long it's going to be, but like, I, there should be a rule in the prime minister's contract. Whatever you sign, no extreme sports while you're uh, term. While you're in your term. Perhaps this is good training, though, if he ever needs to get out of a situation. Sure. Yeah, he's at the next G8 conference. The terrorists come in. He bungee jumps off a balcony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or someone asks him a question at a press conference that he's not prepared to answer. That's never <laughs> happened. Yeah. He can just run, bungee jump out of the building. <laughs> no more questions. They're all fine. Looks like they had fun. Yeah, it looks like a beautiful spot as well. Great Canadian bungee. If you're ever up in Quebec, check it out if you want some thrills. Um, but he is the Prime Minister of Canada and father of two. I just really hope he didn't do it on Truth and Reconciliation Day. Oh, he was surfing last year, wasn't he? Last year was surfing. If he went bungee jumping this year? I don't believe it was. Okay, okay. <laughs> Dodge that one, but just barely. Yeah. Are you brave enough to let me see a peacock? It's time for sports. Devin Peacock, our sports guy, is here. Let's talk NFL, Dev. The uh, San Francisco 49ers uh, beat the L.A. Rams uh, big on Monday Night Football last night. And one of the biggest plays wasn't even in the game officially. Fan is on the field, so we'll have a bit of a stoppage. And now some of the Rams players get involved. And uh, Bobby Wagner had had enough. He just took the fan down. There was a fan who ran on the field and got absolutely smoked by Bobby Wagner from the Rams. It was I, I, the video is everywhere, and this fan just gets he runs right by the sideline for the Rams. He gets absolutely clocked. There are two players chasing him. You don't want if you're going to run on the field, don't go near the players. I just saw somebody running on the field, and he looked like he wasn't supposed to be on the field. So I saw security was having a little problem, so I helped him out. They should put bounties on these guys. This should be the penalty if you're dumb enough to run on the field. Players get a $10,000 bonus if they take you out. <laughs> Imagine you run on the field and you have like 100 NFL players chasing you to get you off the field. 
It'd be like the I, running of the bulls. I, except- do you think though it might entice people to like get on the field and then purposely see if they can dodge? Like if they if you can out juke an NFL player, even if they put a half effort in, you know anything to get these guys in the spotlight. That's yeah. the whole reason they're doing it. After, so as great after as it seven would be, or ten beers, yeah, you, you may think it's a good idea. And, and seriously, all you want is that video replay. You know, you know that you can play for the rest of your life because you're going to jail. You're getting fined ten thousand dollars. You want a highlight reel? You're right. I just like the idea of like but if, so you, do if, we. If, if the policy was both teams now are active. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you get three the points. Lines, they're you working together. Points. <laughs> you get three points if you take out a. <laughs> oh, that's that's a terrible idea because then if your team's losing, oh, all yeah. the fans are jumping down there. This is one we missed on the weekend. DK Metcalf. Of the Seattle Seahawks had to be carted off the field for a bathroom break. <laughs> Hot take. Did he shart? Is that why he 100%. had to get... 100%. Was that the shart cart that he was riding? <laughs> the the jerseys are not exactly loose. I mean, they're not going to leave a whole lot to uh, to the imagination. So even if you have like dark-colored dark uh, you know, pants on... You it's, don't want to pull the jersey out. Well, you're still going to see a lump, but you're <laughs> still going to see a wetness. Why else would you need a cart to go to the bathroom? I mean, how big is this dump you're about to take that you can't stand? So what were you saying about the poop? What's what's the shirt have to do with it? Well, just that the the the, the tights the pants are just too tight, so They're usually white. Oh, so you can't you can't pull your shirt down to cover that? it up? No, just like even if it's dark, you're going to there's going to be a clumping of poo and they're going to see the <laughs> Uh, well, Pooh's not invisible. Okay, enough of the bathroom talk. Let's move on to Tua. He may have cost himself $100 million this past week. Yeah, the concussion debate is uh, continuing to rage in the NFL. Tony Dungy being very critical of the NFL as of late. Tua is not going to play uh, this coming Sunday. He has no real timeline for when he's going to be back. Now, he has one year left after this year on his contract, and there are some analysts who are saying he might have cost himself a lot of money on his next contract if the concussions end up influencing how the Dolphins or any other team that uh, acquires him wants to pay him because of the concern about the concussions. It could be $100 million he has lost out on because the doctors did not do their job. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.